Hey everyone, welcome to our new podcast, Free the Families. Our podcast is a nonpartisan student-led initiative by the Dublin High Chapter of Amnesty International. I'm Kalshan Ramalingam, one of the co-presidents of the chapter at Dublin High School, and I'm thrilled to be your host for this podcast. I'm Shahil Patel, and I'm the second co-president of this Amnesty chapter. The first season of this podcast will cast a light onto the abuse that is perpetrated by ICE at these detention camps along the border. Our first episode, aired today, is going to focus on what really is happening at these ICE detention centers. Who is it being perpetrated by? What abuses are really happening at the border? Hopefully by the end of today's episode, you'll be able to gain a better understanding and answering, uh, at answering these questions. So let's get straight into it. I think first, when we kind of focus on the conditions at ICE detention centers, we kind of need to focus on who is being held in the first place. And I think that starts with looking at our immigration system. Um, a Pew Research study in, released in November of 2019 finds that there's been a dramatic shift over the last five years uh, in who is really coming across the border. There were 473,682 apprehensions of so-called family units in 2019. And that represented 56% of apprehensions overall, more than four times the next highest annual total of family, family member apprehensions on record. And so that represents kind of the change in immigration because it's not individual men, individual women or children coming across the border, but it's family units um, or children coming with their parents, right? It's children traveling across the border with their siblings mothers and fathers traveling across the border with their kids. That is now the new trend. And so what we need to focus on in terms of our immigration policy is adjusting it so that we can uh, adapt it to the so-called family units and um, not the same old, you know, kind of individuals that have been coming across the border over the last five or 10 years. Yeah, and especially with the family separation policy, um, family separation can have a huge toll on not only the mental health of the parents, but also their kids. Um, there is different protocol for family members um, compared to single adults, but they need to um, revamp the um, protocol so the mental and physical health of both the parents and the kids are taken into account at these border um, camps. Yeah, so I think a huge uh, point of contention is the amount of immigration that's been happening in recent years and this huge strain it's been putting on um, Immigration and Customs Enforcement or ICE officials and Border Patrol agents. But I think what we need to focus on is more so how we can protect everyone involved. And um, that includes kind of the human rights of these detainees and those who are apprehended um, and not just kind of focus on um, the individual agents involved. And so I think to kind of get into the topic of the humanitarian abuse perpetrated at the camps, we need to focus on how they even get there in the first place. And so, how that happens is, right, when uh, a family or a four, for example, travels across the border illegally and they're apprehended by border patrol agents, what happens is they're held in detention centers that are overseen by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is a, an offshoot of the Department of Homeland Security. Um, they're going to be held in these camps. Um, and so what happens is they're held in these camps for multiple weeks, multiple months. It's possible that they're even held for multiple years. And so what happens after they're held in these camps is they're either deported back where they came from, often to their war-torn countries uh, in Guatemala, uh, Honduras, in Mexico, 
or they're granted asylum status in the United States. And so how these detention centers kind of serve is um, a temporary residence for these um, detainees to be held in before the immigration system uh, kind of takes action uh, on their status. And so I think we can, that kind of puts us in a situation where we can delve into more detail about what conditions they kind of perpetrate at these camps. Okay, yeah, so at the conditions of these camps, um, Human Rights Watch did a report of some of the conditions at, some, um, at these camps and interviewed many women and children. And they spoke about how they aren't able to shower sometimes for days. And they did not receive soap, toothpaste, or toothbrushes in these cells. And they can't even wash their hands before eating and after using the toilet. Um, especially because of COVID-19, there needs to be hygiene in place to prevent the spread of the virus, which is clearly spreading throughout all these um, throughout all these detention centers. Yeah, um, just like Shahil mentioned, not only is there a, a situation where there's fundamental dehumanization of the uh, detainees involved, but there have been multiple instances where, for example, you know, there's significant understaffing, there's failure to provide sufficient mental health observation, there's inadequate monitoring of detainees with criminal histories, there's neglect, inadequate access to food, water, and sanitation. Um, and so there are multiple cases where, you know, the detainees uh, or the, the people that are being held, right, the children, oftentimes, the uh, adults involved in these border camps are just denied their basic rights uh, and, you know, basic access to anything that, any resource that other people would have around the country. And so I think that should be appalling in itself and it should raise awareness as to, you know, the con terrible conditions um, that these people are living in. Yeah, and when you talk about these conditions, we also have to talk about um, healthcare and what's happening with that. Um, so we could talk about the flu, for example, which happened in 2019 and during the fall. Um, they refused to give vaccines to these migrants and they just simply refused. It's not it's just a forgetful thing. They just denied the overall healthcare for these migrants. And then with this denial, three minors have died from the flu, which is a preventable, preventable um, disease, which with a simple vaccine, this wouldn't have happened. Um, yeah, I think uh, kind of, it's important to focus on the healthcare aspect as well, because um, that's a crucial aspect, especially now more than ever with the advent of the COVID-19 pandemic. And there have been multiple reports where, you know, the, this lack of healthcare um, that's being granted to uh, those held in the camps is, you know, exacerbated um, by, you know, the, the deplorable conditions they're living in. And so, for example, between, um, you know, September 2018 and August 2019, more than 700 migrants were infected with mumps after being exposed to the disease in detention centers. And so, like Shahil had mentioned, um, with diseases like the flu as well in 2019, where the border patrol agents refused to administer free vaccines. Um, kind of the access to healthcare that's granted to every American or every individual um, is just not there in these detention centers. And it's the direct cause to the death of hundreds of prisoners in the camps that the ICE officials are directly responsible for. What makes it worse is that oftentimes the, the cramped conditions and the prison-like cell conditions that are, uh, you know, the status quo in these detention camps make it so that these conditions, um, you know, these diseases spread terribly quickly over a shorter amount of time. And especially with COVID, that's a crucial issue 
that I think Shahil um, would want to focus on as, as, as well right after. Yeah, so um, in an immigration facility in Virginia, nearly 75% of detainees had the coronavirus. Um, this is raising alarm among um, lawyers and advocates who are speaking out on the conditions of these camps. Um, 360 immigrants were in custody and there were 268 confirmed cases. This majority of um, immigrants that have this virus is just showing a complete neglect of the officials at these centers of just not dealing with the virus at hand. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, other than the kind of access to the denial of access more so uh, to, you know, basic rights, right? Basic hygiene materials, basic uh, kind of vaccination and healthcare procedures. I think um, it's not just an isolated incident happening in a few detention centers that is the issue. It's that this is a pattern across all um, you know, ICE detention centers across the United States, not only along the border, but along um, you know, the 45 states, uh, 44 states that you know, ICE has detention centers in as well. And so that um, is coming to light with the massive amount of whistleblowers that are bringing awareness to the deplorable conditions um, at the detention centers. There have been multiple reports where you know, senators, congressional representatives, where ICE officials, where DHS representatives are witnessing these terrible accounts firsthand and coming back to Capitol Hill to raise awareness about the issue. And so uh, the, there was a report by the DHS Inspector General in 2019 where ICE detention contractors you know, reaffirmed these deficiencies in the detention centers. And so, uh, in, in fact, Senator Ed uh, Markey as well uh, from uh, Oregon, you know, witnessed this account firsthand, saw the lack of sanitation, the lack of medical care, the unsafe work practices, the lack of adequate protection against COVID-19. And so he reported this back to the Senate. And, you know, it is an issue that unfortunately has seen uh, has been seen as partisan in recent years, but in reality, you know, the, the lack of proper healthcare should not be a partisan issue, at least in our perspective. Yeah, and as Kaushal is going off um, on whistleblowers, many women have also testified that they were getting forced hysterectomies and they didn't know why they were getting it or if they were getting it, they just got it and they had no consent on their own body. This should not be happening in a 21st in the 21st century in the United States, and these practices are these practices are awfully similar to ones that were being practiced during World War II, and in other concentration camps in um, the worst part of our history. Um, yeah, I certainly agree with that. I think um, you, you know we spent a solid amount of time talking about um, the the terrible conditions, the terrible humanitarian abuse that's being perpetrated at the camps. I think. I, I kind of want to focus on, you know, or shift the focus to the root cause and kind of the immigration laws. And I think a large part of that is the current administration. Um, you know, once again, right, this podcast is meant to be a nonpartisan way to raise awareness about humanitarian abuse. But one part of raising awareness is also uh, making sure we, we realize kind of what is the root cause of um, the humanitarian abuse. And so um, a large part of that is the current administration, because as the ACLU points out, the Trump administration has actually uh, loosened its uh, protocols in terms of the national detention standards that govern the 140 facilities in the 44 states uh, that in the, in the United States. 
And so a large part of you know, the lack of oversight in these camps is because the Trump administration has taken active measures to loosen the standards of the National Detention Center, the NDS, which govern the treatment of these detainees. Um, and so the Trump administration has made it so that, um, you know, the ICE can, you know, legally provide inadequate mental and medical health care and oversight to immigration detainees. It's also made it so that, um, you know, ICE can, uh, you know, understaff its, uh, its detention centers. And it also weakens protections for immigrant detainees as a whole um, by weakening their uh, representation in court against the use of force and solitary confinement by officers. And so um, the prior version of the NDS essentially gave uh, equal protection to uh, these detainees, but the NDS that's been pushed forth by the Trump administration has proactively taken away power from detainees and put it in the hands of officers um, who can testify against detainees who you know, could easily be deported back. And so I think the Trump administration and their policies towards um, the immigration centers is a huge, uh, you know, part of what's going on at the border. Yeah, and especially um, regarding our current administration, many countries and also the United Nations has spoken out on the United States violating international law about um, the procedure to declare amnesty on immigrants. Um, a professor at Columbia University um, named Elora Mukherjee um, said that the White House does not have the authority to change these laws regarding immigration established by, established by Congress. And these laws are still being changed unconstitutionally by this current administration. And in our systems of checks and balances, the, this should not be happening. And the president cannot just rewrite the law to fit his agenda in politics. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to stick, take a step back from you know, the politics and you know, the, uh, the administration. And I kind of want to focus you know, and wrap, wrap around uh, towards the kind of lack of dignity that these prisoners are facing um, in order to effectively like conclude the podcast, right? If there's one thing that, you know, our listeners should be getting out of the podcast, it's that, um, you know, essentially those who are fleeing war-torn countries, such as Guatemala, Mexico, Honduras, in search of a better life are being held in detention centers where, that are comparable to the conditions they fleed in, that are comparable to the complete lack of um, humanitarian care that they've witnessed back in their home countries. And so, this uh, atrocity that is happening at our detention centers needs to be ended. And I think a large part of this podcast and the reason we're hosting this podcast is to bring that awareness towards, you know, not only our school right here at Dublin High School, but to those listening across the nation. And it's, it's, it's something that we are actively trying to put a stop to as a chapter of Amnesty International. Um, so I want to thank everyone for coming on to our podcast, right? Listening. If um, you're here, listening to our podcast right now and uh, take care. Thank you so much.